Take your enjoyment of Smodco Podcast to the next level by checking out a live Smodco show. Hollywood Improv babbles on with Kevin Ralph, Friday, February 26th. Muse heads to Wizard World Cleveland, February 26th through 28th. Babble on with Kevin Ralph, March 4th at the Hollywood Improv. March 4th through 6th, comic book men's Mike and Ming are at Central PA Comic Con. Hollywood Babylon at the Hollywood Improv on March 18th. HBO at the Improv in Hollywood on Friday, March 25th. Kev brings his one-man show to the Ringling College of Art and Design in Sarasota, Florida on March 26th. Celebrate April Fool's Day with HBO at the Hollywood Improv. Iowa City gets an evening with Kevin Smith on April 9th. Kev inflates the Helium Comedy Club with two shows on April 10th and again on the 11th in St. Louis. Get old with Jay and Bob Thursday, April 14th at the Irvine Improv. April 15th means two things. Your taxes are due and you need to catch Babylon at the Hollywood Improv. Mike and Ming are at PopCon April 15th and 16th in Evansville, Indiana. Monday, April 18th, Charlotte, North Carolina gets Kevin for two shows. April 19th, Kev performs twice in Richmond, Virginia. An evening with Kevin Smith in Atlanta on April 20th. Austin, get ready for Kevin Smith's solo at the Moon Tower Comedy and Oddity Fest, April 22nd. April 22nd through 24th, Muse hits Motor City Nightmares. Jay and Silent Bob get old in Austin on April 23rd. Jersey reunites with Kev in Atlantic City on April 30th. Tickets to these and all Smodco shows are available now at Smodcast.com. Hey everybody, it's Will with another edition of Pod U, where we give you the opportunity to school us about your podcasts. Uh, today's podcast is Language of Bromance. But why should I waste my breath explaining about this podcast when, believe it or not, I've got the two hosts of the podcast right here. So Richard, Sean of Language of Bromance, tell us why we should listen to your show. All right, Sean, we're on the spot, so go. <laughs> Well, we are two buddies who got together a year and a half ago to create a podcast that we could just, you know, keep making each other laugh uh, over and over on a weekly basis. Every Sunday we put our show out. We have, you know, we're we're a show that you know warns you about nature. We're a show that uh, brings you these draft episodes, like you're about ready to listen to. Uh, I mean, Richard, go on and on about how great our show is. I would be happy to, Sean. <laughs> our the the thing that makes the thing that I think makes this show great and makes our show great and the reason that I'm proud to put it out on the internet and consider it a quality product because that's what it is is the fact that I feel like it's genuine. It's two guys. I mean, when we say language of bromance, we're not kidding. Sean and I have a genuine friendship and it was something that was kind of fading out. You know, he he moved he moved away. He got a job. And this was a way for the two of us to get together and keep that camaraderie and keep that friendship that we both really, really wanted to keep. And now, I mean, with the show, we talk at least at least once a day over things with the show. But we've got our draft episodes, which. Like, like Sean said, you're about ready to listen to. I think those are really kind of showcases of getting a peek into the way each one of us kind of perceives things. In this, in this instance, we have our scary moment draft where we're talking about the seven things 
that really freaked us out. Yeah, we do this over the Halloween month. I mean, what's what's great about our show too, I think, is it's a, it's that auditorial voyeurism. It's you having the opportunity to kind of get a sneak peek at two friends talking about you know shit that only matters to them and you know to a, a wide variety of people and just trying to make each other laugh, one up each other on you know different topics. And uh, I mean, it, we've had such a blast doing the show, and and you know it's it's just been a great great trip so far, and we just keep going forward as with as we go. Well, now that we've had you guys on to talk about your show without giving any insight whatsoever ahead of time, I think we should just throw it on them now. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Just dump it on them. So without further ado, Language of Bromance, episode number 68, The Scary Moments Draft. And I got to admit, I really love this because I used to be a major fan of of the scare and horror movies uh, myself. So listening to this one, you guys took me back to a lot of the moments that I I really not only enjoyed but remember. So that was the instant connection. So thank you very much for coming on, telling us about your podcast. Everyone else, uh, don't forget languageofbromance.com. That's where you can find the podcast. Of course, you can find it on iTunes. And if you heard it here and you're giving us a five-star review, go over there, give them a five-star review as well. Without further ado, Language of Bromance, take it away, guys. What's up, everybody? I'm Richard. And I'm Sean. Uh, and we're speaking the language of Fomance. A special scary bromance. So this 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 draft episode uh, for our favorite month of the year, October, it's Halloween month. We're going to do a scary moment draft. Bitches! Yeah. Did we do this last year? Was last year just like a scary movie? Uh, we did a horror movie draft, one of our first right. ones about that time. Yes. If you don't know, which you should, because I mean, how can you not? Because I think I mean, if you're looking if you're looking for two people to nerd out about certain things that probably only matter to them, I mean, where else do you go? So what our drafts are, so we do seven rounds, NFL style, just like the football season that kicked off. Uh, we flip-flop back and forth on picks. Uh, back in the day when we did our first one, we flipped the penny, I won. And so I'll, on the odd drafts I go, on the even drafts Richard goes, and this is an even draft. So Richard, first pick in the scary moment draft goes to you, sir. Oh, you're going to hate me for this one. Well, in the rules of this, so it's kind of a scary moment. So try to stick away from just the entire movie piece of it, but or TV show piece of it, but sticking more just to a specific moment in time from a movie. So the floor is yours, sir. A moment in time from a movie. Okay, so we're not, like like he said, we're not going with a specific movie. Well, not a spe- not not we're not calling the whole movie, but we're going with a specific moment. And the moment I'm picking, and I know you're going to hate me for this, I'm going with Jaws. Oh, are you really? First pick. I am. I am. Because honestly, when I thought of moment, this, this, is, this one is the first one that popped in my head. And this moment is the very beginning of Jaws. Oh, yes. The very beginning. And we're talking about like, oh, there's a guy and a girl and they're having fun and they're swimming around. The, they're they're going to go in the water. Oh, we're swimming around. We're swimming around. And everything's all hunky-dory. And then 
it's not so much the 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 tension building of the shark coming up. Well, you don't even see it. That's the scary thing. No, you don't see it. Yeah, you don't see anything. Here's the moment that gets me. And like I said, it was the first one. Like when I thought of move, scary movie moment or scary moment, this is the one that popped in. It was when Jaws attacks. And so girls swimming, girls swimming. And all of a sudden she gets pulled down for just a second, for just a split second. She gets pulled down and then pops her head back up. And as soon as she pops her head back up, it's <gasps> and like and then all of a sudden you're just like, oh, my God. Like and the fact that, they're, that they don't even show it, they don't even show it. Like you don't see giant chunk missing out of girl's leg. You don't see it. All you see is the reaction of of her face and the complete and utter panic and horror that is now swirling around her. Well, I mean, put yourself in those shoes. You wouldn't know, have a clue what happened. You know, exactly. it's dark out, pitch it's, black water. Yeah. You don't see, you're not seeing anything. All of a sudden, you just know that something very terrible just happened. And now something very terrible is going, is going to happen. Yeah, she hit that scene too cuz I that that's a, one of the parts I remember too cuz she gets pulled under, you know, come up her eyes are wide, she's breathing real heavy. Right, it's just that it's just like a split second like she goes down and it's it's not even a second. I'd say it's like half a second. She like it's almost like she bobs in the water. She goes down and then pops right back up and then and then just the sheer look of panic on her face. You're just like, oh, no, oh, no. Well, that's a scary thing because you look, you you think about those types of scenarios. You know, if you're getting attacked by some evil thing, at least you can see it. And that in that environment, you have no clue what it is. It could be, you know, a a submarine for all you know. It could be Cthulhu for all you know. (gasps) Don't say his name. I'm sorry. The, the, The one who should not be named. Yeah. But you have you have no clue. So you know you're getting this this bad thing happening to you, and you don't know what it is, and you can't defend yourself against it. You are completely helpless at that point. Yeah, and I think that's what makes what makes it so terrifying. Because if you put your, because I mean, with movies, the thing you always, the thing that I always do, and I think a lot of people do this too, is they transpose themselves onto the screen. Yeah, and that moment. You're thinking to yourself, if that's me, what would I do? And you're like, what could I do? I'm completely at the mercy of this giant effing monster in the water. You are the lowest rung on the food chain at that point, And you are just about to become poop. Right. And you just realized it. Oh, no amount of screaming is going to help. You're not going to outswim anything in the water. Exactly. You just know that, every, yeah, everything just becomes completely futile. And it, I think at that split second, you would realize there is nothing I can do but die inside this beast of a shark's mouth. That's all I have. That's my only option. There is no other option. If you look back at the guy who, because the guy and her, they're going to go skinny dipping. You know, the dude's like, I'm totally going to get lucky. You know what saved that guy? Whiskey dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I never, I, I never thought about that. So, so you're saying that before you 
go skinny dipping with a girl, make sure that you drink very, very heavily. Yep. Uh, well, if you're going to go in the water at any point, drink heavily so you pass out before you get in the water. Right. Right. Yeah, don't pass out in the water because that's bad too. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a whole nother draft in itself. It's a whole nother kettle of fish. Huh? <laughs> so Jaws, the beginning scene. That's a that's a solid first pick. The the very oh the opening sequence of Jaws. I think that's even before the the credits, even before the opening, like the title sequence. Before the you know, I think. I think so. Yeah. I, could you imagine if they if they played that part before you knew it was because. Going into the movie, you knew it was a shark movie. Right. Could you imagine if you didn't know it was a shark movie oh watching it for the first time? How freaking creepy that would yeah, be. Yeah, because then your mind's like, what is it? Is it an alien? Is it a, what the is, fuck is, is there that? A scu- is there a scuba diver? What the <laughs> fuck is going on? Is there a perverted scuba diver out there somewhere? Mm, naked lady. Mm. <laughs> bubbles, 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 bubbles. <laughs> that's what, yeah, that's how, that's how his dialogue comes out. <laughs> That's why she was so surprised because the bubbles were just, you know, <laughs> amazing. All right. That's a that's a solid first pick. Um, I'll have you know that I have 14 Jaws scenes and I'm going to use each one of these oh, in this God. draft. <laughs> no, uh, I did have Jaws on my list, so you definitely took that one from me. Uh, but going into this, I was thinking, what were the things that creep me out the most in life? You know, Jaws is definitely one of them. Oh, I was going to tell you this interesting statistic. They say that for every human that is killed by a shark, two million sharks are killed by humans. I've heard a, a statistic like that. So, hashtag winning. <laughs> I don't know. They're still out there, so we're not doing a good enough job. <laughs> Love nature. Fuck you. <laughs> All right. So, so. Recently, I, I heard another podcast that we're talking about um, this TV, this movie. Well, it was a made-for-TV movie. Oh. And I saw it back when I was a kid at Grandma's house, and it freaked the shit out of me. One of the reasons I would say probably why a ton of people in this world are afraid of clowns. And I would say as I started kind of pondering this, this movie again, um, I'm not going to lie. Whenever I'm in a dark room, I get a little creeped out still. So the scene that I'm going to go with is from the Stephen King book, It, and I'm going to go with the scene. Pennywise. Yeah, the scene when John Ritter is driving back into Derry, and there's Pennywise just waving with some balloons, all happy, and once he drives by, he just points at him and gets that, oh, I'm going to fucking kill you, kid, look. Yeah, yeah, nobody likes that. Nobody likes that at all. Uh, uh, what's the, what? It's the for me. It's all. It's all. It's always the bit in the sewer. It's always the bit in the sewer where, you, like, all you're seeing is just that face. Yeah, with the kid with Georgie. Oh, yeah. Oh man. So, and that's that's one of the shows that I think that if you didn't already have a fear of clowns, that instilled it to you really quick. And I always go back to the fact that that was a made-for-TV movie. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, you know, I think that's kind of lost on on a lot of people. It's getting remade as a as a feature film. But yeah, I think it's it's lost on on people that it was shown in in people's homes. Yeah, that was on it was a network. Sh- it was on a network because I mean back then all you had was network. All right, Timmy. All right, Susan. Let's let's gather around for our Sunday night movie. It's uh. about clowns. Oh, he looks so cheery. I love clowns. I want to float down. The- oh God, everybody, go to bed. Just wait for it. I don't want to go to bed. 
We'll just go to the bathroom. I don't want to go to the bathroom either. <laughs> That's a. I, there's so many scenes in that movie that creep me out. That's the one that stood out to me the most. Um, I think it's just because of the wave, like the nonchalant wave, and then yeah. it just turns into pointing and like, oh. Um, as a kid, I saw this when I was like eight or nine, maybe, maybe even younger. I don't remember because it would have came out in the nineties. But I remember being in like places and there'd be like a dark hallway and I swear I would see Pennywise just at the end of the hall waving. Oh, uh, that's what happens when you have an over an overactive imagination kids. Yeah. That sounds that that's a whole world of terrible right there. Uh, I probably freaked my parents out a ton too. Cause there was one times I swore to God, I woke up in my bed and he was standing over my bed waving. Oh no. Yeah. And so I like hurriedly get out of bed, flip on all the lights in the living room and I lay in the living room <laughs> and, and mom comes out and she's like, what the hell are you doing out here? I'm like, I think there's a man in my room waving at me. <laughs> she rushes back to dad. John, go check the bedroom. John, get the gun. <laughs> Just hear, my time has come <laughs> for my family. Uh, so, Sean, uh, there was no man, but uh, your stuffed teddy bear, we're going to have to bury. <laughs> Not Skittles. I thought Pennywise was the name of the damn bear. <laughs> Why would he name a bear Pennywise? Why would he name a bear Skittles? <laughs> the boy's not right. John, don't say that around him. Well, he should know. Love you, Dad. Go to bed. Okay. <laughs> We're still on for tomorrow, right? Trying to get your fairy dust all over me. <laughs> it's pixie dust, Dad. Oh, son of a bitch, got me there. This is my. This is my. This is my son. This is my life. So my first pick, I'm gonna go with it uh, as he drives by and he gives him a little wave. Yeah, that's that one's creepy. Like I said, the moment in the sewer is creepy. Also, the guy that gets killed on the toilet. Because that was in it, right? Uh, when does he get killed on the toilet? Wasn't there a guy that's sitting on the toilet and then something terrible happens? Uh, at the end of the first part of it, um, one of the guys ends up killing himself. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Not good. Because I think, because I, I saw that and, and my thought is, you know, that's like the most vulnerable <laughs> place you can be <laughs> aside i mean they're swimming in the water and then sh- and then shark bites your leg off or shark bites you or who who knows what the fuck went on down there and then something bad happens when you're on the toilet i i, I can't think of anything that would be good to somebody walk in on you in the bathroom I mean, if you're shitting it's like oh damn it if you're jerking off it's just like all right it's <laughs> my only weapon <laughs> fling <laughs> At least I'll die laughing. (laughs) Pennywise is like, stop laughing. I'm trying to kill you. (laughs) I just money shotted you. (laughs) You're not even worth this. I'm a nice fistful of man gravy, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Pennywise, the cum shot clown. I like the ring of that. Putting that in a book. Pennywise is like, (laughs) Pennywise is like, this is my nightmare. (laughs) You hate clouds. I hate this. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. For for my for my number 2, I'm going I'm going to a show we all we all know and love and that is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, you son of a bitch. You better not. 
No, well, uh, it's it's kind of a lesser known episode, but again, I think it I think it uh, goes to the whole helpless, can't do anything, can't really move, can't whatever, and creepy as all hell. There's an episode in the fifth season where a demon is summoned and comes in from, I guess, for lack of a better term, from outer space. And this demon is called the Queller Demon. And what it does is it, like, basically sits on top of you, vomits this kind of mucus stuff that paralyzes you, and then it, and then it kills and eats you. That's how this demon operates. It's, it's kind of one of those, you know, it's, it's one of their Monster of the Week kind of episodes. So the moment I'm going with, at the time, Buffy's mom was not feeling all that great. I think she was having some she was having some issues with her brain and she had just gotten home from the hospital. Well, the demon had hitched a ride to their house on as you know as they were leaving the hospital because it was just killing people at the hospital. So the oh, demon hit, yeah, okay. so the demon hitches a ride and then she's kind of out of her head and she's laying down in bed and she's like screaming, you know, she's yelling and it's all incoherent kind of babble. And Buffy and Dawn are both trying to kind of distract themselves from it. I think partly, you know, partly because it's slightly annoying. I don't think they want to admit that, but it is. And the second part is, is they feel it's 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 bringing up the pain of it, the pain of her condition and the pain that they can't do anything about it. So they're trying to block it out like Buffy's playing music loud and Dawn has like a pillow on her head or something like that to just kind of block out the noise. But what they don't know is that this demon is sitting on the ceiling above Buffy's mom. And Buffy's mom is talking to this thing, and this thing is just sitting there. It looks like it looks like a it, honestly, it looks like a cockroach with hands and no feet. It like crawls on its hands. Looks like a big bug. So this thing's just sitting there, like staring at her, like like on the ceiling. It's on the ceiling right above her, looking down, and she and she's like doing all this psycho babble, talking to it, and you're just like. Stop it! Like, just all you gotta do is go in and you see the thing, and oh god, this is gonna be bad. And that movie or that show honestly did not have a lot of quote unquote scary moments for me. There were a few, but that one totally, totally stuck with me. And I think it was the fact that all they gotta do is just go in the room. Like that goes back to kind of like your first one. It's the helplessness of exactly, it. You know? Exactly, exactly. You're, you're sitting on the other side of a door, and somebody just needs to turn the handle to save your life. Right. I thought for a moment you're going with uh, the episode. Uh, I don't have it on my list, but the episode where she gets um, stabbed by some demon, and she ends up going kind of crazy, but she goes into a, a world where she's in an insane asylum. <gasps> oh yeah. I can't remember what that episode's called, but that's a oh, that's such a good good episode. Yeah. Because at at the end of it, you're kind of still left wondering like is is all this real? Is is that real? Is this what's it it it's left ambiguous. It's like an inception ending. Yeah. Oh, and I love it. And it's never referenced again, which no, I No, no, never once. 
And uh, I don't know if uh, Joss Whedon did, a, I guess he was writing a comic book or working with somebody. And he wanted to, I can't remember what the what Cyclops' first name's, name is, but his last Scott. name is Summers. Scott Summers. In the comic book, he wanted to say something about how Scott Summers said, oh, yeah, my, uh, my sister's in an insane asylum and she thinks she's fighting demons. <gasps> Just like a little throwaway line. <gasps> but I don't think it made the cut or he didn't end up doing it. Oh, but. my God, that's amazing. That would have been so cool. Yeah. Because you know everybody would just be like, <gasps> It's all connected. I would have lost my mind. The internet, the you just, honestly, when, when things like that happen, don't you just picture the internet as like you walking into a room and things are on fire and people are running around and you're just like, what, what, what's, what's happened? <laughs> What I miss, what I miss. Watch this! Yeah. Number two, the Queller Demon in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. All right, so for my second pick, I am going to go back to uh, another tried and true horror movie. Um, This has probably been one of the movies that instilled my fear of possession-type movies. I can't really watch those without getting too freaked out. So with this, I'm going to go with the movie The Exorcist. Everybody loves The Exorcist. I'm going to go with a very, very quick scene of the devil's face. Oh, it's yeah. just a quick shot. I think it's right when she's in the hospital getting checked out. And like right, right when that happens, she kind of starts getting weird and whatnot. But I remember watching this at home, and it's one of those things that you Not see. Not the part like, where she was walking like a circus freak down the stairs. No, no, no. Yeah, this is the part. There's two parts that this happens, but both times when it does, you're kind of like, "Whoa, did I just did something? Did that that was on the that was planned, right? That's in the movie. That's in the movie, right? Because I didn't know that was in there the first time I saw it. There was a uh, there was a televangelist or an evan uh, some some preacher who actually claimed that Satan himself had possessed the physical film. Like, not, I'm not talking the production of the movie or anything like that. I'm talking about the actual physical film reel. He thought that the, that the actual film reels were possessed by the devil or by a demon. All of them or just one? Uh, all of them, uh, huh. I, I guess. I, I mean, that would be pretty fucked up if they came out and like, yeah, we never filmed any of that stuff. Yeah, that whole demon face bit, I don't know the fuck that is. Light flare, <laughs> fuck fine, no. I wish I would have thought about it. It'd been a great idea, but no, it wasn't me. It's pretty awesome, though, right? I mean, <laughs> scared the shit out of me. I saw it in the first edit, and I was like, let's keep it. <laughs> Who did that? And the dude that always has the devil horns came out and was like, it was me. That's <laughs> <laughs> Satan. That's a weird name. It's It's Italian. <laughs> Fucking knew it. Yeah, but it always creeped me out the first time I saw that. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. And the funny, I mean, the, so that apparently is based off a true story that yes. happened in St. Louis. In St. Louis, heard. it was a boy in the, in, the actual, in the actual account. It was a boy, not a girl. And so we had like a, a ghost hunter type guy come into my uh, urban legends class my freshman year. And he mentioned that, like, he's like, okay, you know, everybody always asks me this question about The Exorcist, and I always tell him, yes, it's true. Pretty much everything that happened in the movie happened in real life, except in different places. 
Yeah. And so he was referencing the crucifixion or the crucifix scene. Um, so apparently this kid decided to do something with the, the cross just in a very uncomfortable place. <laughs> like the back of a Volkswagen? Yes. <laughs> so 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 what so what'd he do? I think he stuck it in his bum bum. Oh. I, I felt like we should I felt like we needed to paint the picture. <laughs> Uh, I think that there needs to be a YouTube video of us like watching this happen, just laughing. Yeah, be like, like, no, this is serious. Like he's putting it in his bum bum. It's in his bum bum. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> you are a terrible, <laughs> terrible person. Uh, so for my second round pick, I'm gonna go with the Exorcist, the Devil Face. I'll tell you what. When it comes to that movie, kudos to Linda Blair because they kept that room so fucking cold. That you could see their breath. And no CGI. No, yeah, no CGI. Like, it's cold in that room. They kept it cold so that way you could see they could give, you know, they, they could have it so the room was cold. And Linda Blair, who's, I don't remember even how old she was in that movie, in that freezing cold room for hours and hours wearing nothing but a nightgown. Yeah. And then having to spit up all that green pea soup. Oh. Yeah. So kudos to Linda Blair. I know she she's gotten her props for that movie, but she deserves an endless amount and more. Well, not even all that. Like, didn't she end up breaking her back on some of those scenes? Uh, something like that. There was injuries galore because it was possessed. The film's mother sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> oh, no, this is just the deep throat cut. Sorry. <laughs> movie for, for I'm. this is another movie moment for me. Scary moment, number three. I am going with the ending, the last 30 seconds of the Blair Witch Project. Oh, I feel like this draft, we're going to be stealing from each other all day because your first three picks have all been mine, except... Like the actual moment or just the reference to the... Referen- like references to the movies? Well, I had a Buffy on mine, not that specific one, but... The other two, yeah, were pretty much exactly spot on. Oh. So did so did you see the Blair Witch in theaters when it came out? I did. I did okay. see the Blair Witch in theaters. Um okay, so here's here's the story. Here's the story to go with this. At the time, my my wife and I were dating at the time. So we're so we're going back. We're going back a ways. My wife and I were dating at the time. She was hanging out with a friend of hers for the weekend, and you know, it was just kind of you know, I'm hanging out with my friend for the weekend. I didn't. This was opening weekend. I saw. I had seen the film like early in the afternoon, and she was gonna go that night. And so she said, "Hey, I'm hanging out with my friend. If you want to, you know, come hang out later, you can. But I'll, I'll just, I'll get a hold of you because I think it's gonna be kind of a girls' thing. We're gonna, uh, we're gonna camp out." So we're going to camp out and, you know, just kind of hang out and do stuff and whatever. And at some point, I think we're going to go in town and see this movie because it looked pretty good. I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. I watched the movie myself, by myself. And as soon as that moment, the, the you know, as soon as the movie's over, my instant thought is, my girlfriend is going to watch this movie and then go back to the middle of the woods. <laughs> How in any way is this a smart idea? So 
I knew where she was where she was staying at, so I actually drove out there and she was like, "Hey, you know, like kind of why are you here? It's, you know, kind of a girls weekend or whatever." I was like, "I just wanted to say I'm not totally sure if you want to see that movie <laughs> because you're out here and you're in the middle of the woods and it's pretty freaky and it has to do with being in the woods by yourselves." I'm just throwing it out there. And she kind of gave me like the like the big girl kind of thing. Like, yeah, oh, well, like whatever. Like, it's a fucking movie. She lifts her shirt up a little bit. Like, you see these? These are big girl panties. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I'm like, I'm like, I understand. It's just a movie. I totally get that. I understand what you're saying. I agree. But <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen this movie. I have. I don't even want to be in these woods right now. So I said my piece, you know, I said whatever, and I was just, you know, okay, well, I'll leave you to your own devices. So the next day, or I think the day after, uh, we meet up, and I said, so, you know, what'd you end up doing for the weekend? And she said, we went to go see the movie. And I was like, yeah? She's like, yeah, we went to go see the movie, and then we went back to the campsite, and we were there for about an hour, and then we left and went to Steak and Shake and spent the entire rest of the night at Steak and Shake because of that fucking movie. Richard, there's a brown streak in my big girl panties. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, my dad got like free tickets to the movie theater, and, and so we decided that was the movie we should go see. And that ending is, I mean, it leaves you to the same thing. You're like, what the fuck just happened? You know, why is he looking at the wall? Exactly, because it just cuts off, and then you're just like, what? 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 It's That's it? Like, it's that and credits. Did you? So, I was pretty young, so I kind of thought it was, because Discovery Channel had this whole thing of, like, it was actual found footage. They played bits of the interviews. Well, you it know. was kind of, yeah. I When it first kind of broke that, you know, because I don't remember who picked it up. It was, uh, I think it was, it was a Weinstein film, right? The Weinstein Company, I think, picked it up. I can't remember. Like it showed at Sundance, and I think the Weinstein Company picked it up. And when they first put it out there, the kind of press campaign was that it was like this found footage thing. And so then that got people really like up, like like oh, it's it's like it's like found footage. This actually happened, and and then you know, I mean. I think it wasn't until like maybe I think the general consensus at the time was that it was real and it wasn't until at least from from what I understood it it wasn't until uh you saw the three cast members on the cover of Entertainment Weekly and this was like maybe 3 days before the before the premiere like you know before their you know big screen before their major theatrical premiere they were on the cover of Entertainment Weekly, and it wasn't until that moment that then the general population was kind of like, oh, it's not, okay, so it's just shot in a way that it's like found footage. Yeah, I was still pretty young and naive, so me going in, and like, I, don't, I, I don't remember when I finally realized it wasn't real. So, cause yeah, I was Yeah, because I went into the movie knowing it wasn't. Because I had seen the the Entertainment Weekly cover, but that's I mean, I don't know if I was in the minority of that, but a lot of people went in there, walked in the door, assuming that this was actual footage 
from these three kids that go into the middle of the woods and they're shooting this documentary about a crazy old witch, you know, some scary ghost story, and then bad shit happens. It's like, why are we looking for these kids? Oh, they're there. They're on Entertainment Weekly. (laughs) Right. Oh. But the whole movie... See, okay, and I think what... When when we're talking about the last 30 seconds, they set it up in the very, very beginning of the movie. Like, when the, the first, like, 30 minutes, they set it up. They set up what you're, what makes the last 30 seconds so terrible and so creepy. They're doing an interview with a guy, and he's talking about, you know, these crazy things that happen and these murders that happen. And he tells this little story about, you know, how these people were being killed and stuff like that. And it's just it almost sounds like a throwaway line. Yeah. Like it's it's kind of given out as like, yeah, we're we're telling you this stuff, but you don't they don't put any emphasis on it. Like it's something that you need to know. And like I said, it's just kind of a throwaway line. But then when you get to the last 30 seconds and they're walking through the house and she goes into the fucking basement <laughs> and you see the dude standing in the corner all of a sudden it's it even though it was just like a throwaway line that you had heard an hour ago it just pops in your brain as clear as day and you're just like oh, i know why he's doing that <laughs> Well, it's kind of probably like her reaction, like it, it hits her all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, whack! Yeah, and it, it it hits the audience at the same time, because she sees it and she realizes what's going on, and then at the same, at the exact same moment, the audience is like, "Oh my god, this is what's gonna happen!" And then thud and credits, <laughs> and that's what you're left with. Do you see, you don't see anything after the camera falls down, right? I can't remember if it points towards him at all or not. I don't think it does. Okay. I uh, I might have to, see, now I think I have to go back and rewatch it. Or at least rewatch that last that last bit. But I don't think it does. I think the camera just kind of falls over. And then it's like, a you see like a, there's like a, the light from the camera is like reflecting into the cam. It's like flaring the camera lens. And then it just goes black. And that did also give us the greatest scene ever where she's doing the uh, I'm so sorry scene. Yes. With a perfect snot bubble rolling oh. down her nose. That hasn't been parodied in any in any uh, parody no, scary movies not at, all. at all. I wish someone would because I feel like it's ripe for it. Yeah. I, don't know. I think we're probably the first ones to ever figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a, there's gotta be a Blair Witch porn out there somewhere. Uh, yeah, there is. And I, uh, oh, oh, it's called the Bear Witch Project. Okay. Is it a gay porn? Uh, no. And you're welcome for that. (laughs) Uh, I don't know how I know that. Don't ask me. (laughs) So third pick. Third pick. The Bear, I mean Blair. (laughs) Witch Project. The last 30 seconds. The ending. All right. So for my third pick, I was kind of debated on this one because I think it would be an awesome money shot pick. But the way this draft's been going, Ooh. I'd be a little nervous you might steal this from me. Oh. So this is a movie that I think 
would probably say is what brought you and I together as friends. Oh. Uh, we've told this story way back when. We did. And at one point sometime you said, hey, you should check out this movie. It's it's a, the great Wes Craven's first movie, I believe. And I, you know what? I feel like it's that's it's it that's nice because I think it's it's a good way to honor the man. Yep, he, he just passed away about two or three weeks ago, and, and we were very his first sad. movie was the movie that brought us. If it wasn't for Wes Craven, we may not be friends. <gasps> That's right. And you know what's funny is my next pick is also a Wes Craven movie. Oh, nice. So, but I'm gonna go with Last House on the Left, and the scene I'm gonna go with is the scene at the lake when the mom <laughs> bites the dude's dick off. Oh, my God. That is the most horrifying, scary thing ever. Right? Every man that has ever seen that that scene is just sitting there, just mouth agape. I think every man is just, they watch it, and then in their brain they're going, why did they do that? <laughs> Can that happen? Could people do that? Is that possible? That's not possible, right? That, no, they can't. They can't do that. They can't do that. Like for real. Like for real and real. Like real life. No. And you know what? You know every girlfriend was like looking at their boyfriend at the time. Was like, can we go down on you tonight? No. God, no. no. Don't touch me. <laughs> don't touch me. Don't look. At, just sleep on the other side. Just roll. Just don't <laughs> even look at me right now. I can't. I can't. I can't deal with. I can't. No eye contact. <laughs> just sitting there going. Chomp, 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 chomp. In the fetal position, crying. Well, and that's that, that's a very helpless situation, too, because once that chick, you know, chomps down, there's no pulling away. Yeah, what do you... Yeah, exactly. If you're that guy, what do you do? What do you do? Pull away. Obviously, you can't. I mean, like, we you're going to hit her? I don't think that's going to make the situation better. Well, isn't there a, a scene from Shawshank where the guy says something about, like, listen, if you try to make me go down and stab me in the head, I'm going to chomp your dick off or something? And then the guys are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Too, that's too much. That's uh, uncalled for, sir. <laughs> that's not possible, is it? Flag on the play. You can't do that, really? <laughs> you wouldn't. You Like, you wouldn't. I thought we were friends here. Oh, my God. That's so horrible. That whole movie is filled with moments that you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's that's a great age of grindhouse style movies where you could like I think they remade that movie recently. And I think it's pretty rough for what you consider current horror movies, but still it's nothing on par with that, you know. Oh yeah, it's not it's the thing, the nuts thing when you look at the original, when you watch the like the original to me Feels like. Did you ever see that movie Eight Millimeter? No, I haven't. Okay, so this is movie Eight Millimeter, Nicolas Cage, and he finds a a film of this woman being killed, and it looks like it's real. So they call it a snuff film. The entire movie of Last House on the Left feels like one gigantic snuff film to me. The whole thing is so. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's the way it's shot. I don't know if it's the grain of, of the actual film itself, but the whole thing feels like it's shot on a camcorder, and you're just capturing these moments that are actually happening. Well, I love the stuff that they put in there, too. It's like, remember, you know, that you're, when you're watching this, just repeat to yourself, this is only a movie. Uh, this is only a movie. Uh, but that's the genius that is Wes Craven. I mean, he's 
he owned probably I don't know if you say he owned the seventies, but he had a pretty big staple in the seventies, owned the eighties, owned the nineties. He totally owned the eighties. I would say he probably owned the nineties too, because he kind of brought it back. He did. Yes, he did. But so my third round pick, I'm gonna go with the film Last House on the Left, the original. The I guess it's the pool scene where the mom is biting off the dude's wee wee. Oh, oh yes. Uh, oh, ow, ow, so ow. T- oh, stop it, stop it, stop it. Because now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> so, like, we never answered that question, though. That can't really happen, right? I think it can. I, th- I think we- <laughs> I-, I think we should just tell ourselves that it can't. So that way we all feel more safe in our own lives and relationships. <laughs> just just repeat to yourself, this is only a blowjob. This is only a blowjob. <laughs> Why are you saying that? No, nothing. It's just, <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's a mind trick. Just keep going. It's fine. It's fine. Quit. Are you using your teeth? Are you using your teeth? Oh God. Okay. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> Whew. I saw, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I thought I saw a spider. I, <laughs> all right. <clears throat> For my number four pick, I'm also going with a Wes Craven movie. We've talked about how we, how we, you know, he really did he own the 70s i think towards the end i think he did between last house on the left and the hills have eyes and stuff like that he's definitely top 5 in the 70s i would say yeah yeah totally owned the 80s by inventing freddy krueger which is literally the stuff of nightmares literally the stuff of nightmares but the moment i'm going with is the next complete and utter amazing film that he made in the 90s and brought the horror genre I think back to what I would consider to be like a money making blockbuster kind not blockbuster but a you know a, a viable thing to put on screen the movie I'm going with is Scream mm. the original right. the first one. another one off my list all right which part the f- part I'm talking about is the beginning of the movie where drew barrymore who at the time was a well-established actress and her parents come home and find her dead in the tree that moment because in that moment the entire horror film genre as you knew it completely turned on its head and here's why because in the very beginning because it right there Every single trope of every horror movie you have ever known, including the ones that Wes Craven himself had made, the horror trope had been broken because the pretty girl died. The pretty girl was not only killed, she was the first to be killed. The pretty, well-known actress was the first to be killed. Yeah, he was good. I mean, Scream 2, didn't that have uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar in it? Um, I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen Scream 2. But at the time, you know, we're talking about Scream 1. Drew, like I said, Drew Barrymore, very well-established actress. I mean, she was, at the time, I would say probably had stars. She was considered a star. You know, she had star status. And they killed her. And in that moment, you're like, sh- well, if she died, then I get every anybody can die because that's what went through my, my mind is you see Drew Barry. I see Drew Barrymore on the screen 
And I'm thinking, well, she's not going to die. She's the well-known actress. Yeah, she's she's the main character. Yeah, she's the main character. You know, she she's the well-established actress. They're not going to kill her because they they've paid her a bunch of money for so they're going to get their money's worth. Nope. 10 minutes and she's dead. Well, I think that was a big part to like the voice on the phone. And that goes back to that helplessness cuz she's running away right as her parents are coming home. It's like, "Oh, I'm safe. My my parents will save me." Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Shark in the water. Shark in the water. And dead. And then not only dead, but then presented to her parents. Oh, uh, yeah. But for, but I guess I guess the point I'm 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 making is that it wasn't just the helplessness of the character, you know, running around the house and you know, you think you're safe in the house and you're just talking to a voice on the phone. It's kinda like the it's kinda like that older movie, The Babysitter. Where, you know, creepy voice on the phone and whatnot. And you're thinking, oh, it's just a voice on the phone. Yeah, it's not the voice on the phone. And you start seeing, like, shadows move behind her and shit. And you're just like, oh, fuck. And, but even then, at that point, you're still thinking it's like every other horror movie you've seen. She's going to make it somehow. She might get hurt, but she'll survive. And then you see the parents pull up in the car and then you're like, okay, you know, it's everything's going to be fine, and everything's not fine. No, but the meta—it's the meta of that. It's the—it almost broke the fourth wall for me. That movie in that that moment kind of broke the fourth wall for me, saying this isn't like every other horror movie I've ever seen. This isn't. This one isn't like every single scary movie I've seen. This is something completely different. That was the whole hand over the mouth, too, because the guy came around and caught her, and so she's dying silently as her parents are yeah. you know, taking in their leftovers and going inside, getting ready to see their little baby. So good. So good. Yeah, he definitely brought it back. I mean, he, like I said, he brought, brought that back to where horror movies were viable at the box office. And, it com- and for me, I felt like it completely reinvigorated... The entire genre, because he was, I think, because horror movies that kind of fell into these tropes, you know, the pretty young movie starlet doesn't die. The, you know, if, you know, and, and they actually parody those tropes in the movie. Yeah. By referencing other scary movies. It's fucking brilliant. So amazing. So there you go. Moment number four. The death of Drew Barrymore in the original Wes Craven film, Scream. So, yeah, I'm going to throw that out. It's another one you stole from me. So this has been the, the, the draft where you, I think every one of your picks is a steal from me. Well, then I'm doing quite well. So, yeah, so you better, you got to pull something out good. All right, so I'm going to go with for my fourth round pick. Uh, I would say this is probably a guy who was reinvigorated by a lot of that uh, Wes Cravenness. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Eli Ross' very first film. Ooh. I'm going to go with the movie Cabin Fever. Oh, this was on my list. And I'm going to go with the scene where the dude from Boy Meets World, Sean yeah. from Boy Meets World, yeah. falls into the little reservoir uh. on top of a corpse. Uh. Uh, so this is the whole idea. Is like Right as he's falling in the water, he's like, fuck, it's in the water. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting out of here. Oh, nope. Bad ladder. Wah, wah. Oh, 
Oh God. I mean, that's, I mean, it's the same thing kind of like some of these, it's just a complete helplessness. Like yeah. you just realize that you're fucked. Yeah. And you're just, it's that moment where like, it's almost like you reach your arm out like, no, wait. Uh, oh, 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 God. Did it get oh. in your mouth? Did it get in your mouth? <laughs> oh, I, I mean, that that one's good. I thought you were going to go with a totally different scene in that movie. But that, yeah, that one really, like I said, it's it's that moment where you put your arm out and you're just like, no, wait. Oh, oh. And you almost like you close your eyes at it. And it's not even because it's like you're just going, oh, that, oh, he's, that's over. Yeah, it's the whole, like, you break a glass accident. It's like, oh, if I just would have pushed that glass a few inches off the, the edge of the counter, it wouldn't have broke. But yeah. now my favorite turtle glasses broke all over the floor. But in this case, he's got a skin-eating disease. And <laughs> uh, and again, cabin fever. I mean, he was also considered, I, I don't know if he was considered the star of that movie, but he was a well, well-known well actor. Yeah, I mean, that's one. I mean, all the main characters didn't really make it through that flick. Um, you know, and it's the same. I mean, it did a lot of the good trope stuff, I guess. You know, there's there's still an ending that leads to another. Um, but yeah, there's, and there it's the, the it's what I love about those movies and kind of like zombie. Honestly, movies I is, feel like if anybody could pick up the the torch the West Craven that West Craven had left behind, I would I would have to go with Eli Roth. I think it's the it's not really so much that I feel like Eli Roth is on par, but I feel like Eli Roth kind of has that similar brain and that similar kind of cavalierness and maverickness to his to his filmmaking where he's not really worried about the whether or not his audience is comfortable. Yeah, he's he's okay with pushing the envelope. I mean, you've seen that in a lot of his flicks. Yeah, like I mean, like I mean, obviously hostile and 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 even cabin fever. Like I, <clears throat> the scene I thought you were gonna pick is the scene where she's shaving her legs. Oh, oh that's a rough one too. Oh, well, there's there's the scene where he's getting busy with her, you know, and her like her skin. Or, no, he starts to go down to Lady Town and yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, <laughs> he's like, oh, is it that time of the month? Well, I can get some towels. Oh. Oh God! But there's a, I mean that, I mean going outside of that part too. But there's just the isolation of you know being, you know you're you're stuck in this place and you've been quarantined basically. Your people are pitted against themselves because yeah. they don't know who's sick or how you get sick, and uh, it's just such a great flick. That's re- that's what kind of brought me like oh, full so circle bad. back into horror movies. But so yeah, for my fourth round so pick, bad. I'm gonna go with Cabin Fever, falling into the reservoir. All right. So my pick number five, pick number five is actually not really considered a scary movie. It's more kind of an action-y kind of movie. But there is one bit in this movie that I saw as a child and was totally like, what the fuck? And that moment, the movie, and as soon as I say the movie, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. The movie is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh, okay. And the moment I'm going with, of course, is the reaching in and pulling out a human being's <laughs> heart from his own goddamn body <laughs> and holding it in his hand. And the guy's still alive. 
No, it's no more of a fuck you than like, look at this bleeding heart of yours I'm holding. Yeah. Molaram Suralam. And in he goes. <laughs> and you, they show it. You see his hand go in and the guy's screaming. You're just like, ah! Like, well, if that's not bad enough, we're going to put you in this pit of fire and let you burn alive. Right. And he'll, how will we know that you were burning? Because your heart will catch <laughs> on fire while still beating. How does that feel? Oh, blow the ashes back in there. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> oh, and then they just pull out the smoldering cage. <laughs> so lunch, everybody. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick, a quick 15 smoke. If you got them, <laughs> did you, did you watch? Okay. When you, okay. So you know what I'm talking about? Did you watch the movie when you were younger or, or older or? Yeah, I was pretty young. Uh, the scenes that always got me in there was like the snake scene and like the bug scene. Those always bug me. Oh yeah. Where reason. they're sitting down to the meal. And oh they yeah. Cut, that part they, too. Yeah. Oh, I, that's what I thought you were talking about. They sit down to the meal and they cut open the snake and the little snakes pop out of it. Yeah. I forgot about that scene. I was talking about the one where he falls into that little cavern and there's oh. nothing but snakes in there. There's one. He has to reach to a thing to get the chain and there's bugs in there or something. Yeah. Well, see, you just went to two different movies. Because the well, yeah, snake thing the was place. in Raiders, and the bug thing was in was in Temple of Doom. Oh yeah, and where she reaches in, there's the bugs yeah. crawling all over. Yeah. Uh. Uh. No. Thank yeah, those you. things bothered me more than the human heart part. Um, but I mean, I can see the creepiness of it because you have this weird dude making a weird chant. Yeah, and then he jams his hand inside your fucking chest. <laughs> And then pulls out your heart, and then, I mean, your first thought is, holy shit, I'm not dead. And then your second thought is, he's holding my heart. <laughs> he is literally holding my still-beating heart in his hand. It's, it's the love story nobody asked for. <laughs> but there's also, I mean, there's, there's scary moments throughout that whole trilogy. I mean, let's, let's go ahead and recognize them all now. I don't know if you have any, any moments... From the Indiana Jones trilogy in in your list, I didn't have any. I mean, I could see that one definitely. Um, there's, there's there's the heart pull. There's the there's the dinner where they're you know they cut open the snake and stuff like that. The and in Raiders where they open the ark. Yeah, I was just gonna say that one was pretty creepy. Oh, face dude, is just melting. Oh my god, his face melts off, and they show it bit for bit. You see, just ah, the guys just. He just, they just cut between the two, and the guys just scream and just ah, and then you just see like white and then red. Oh, so creepy. Uh, also in the in the third one in Last Crusade, where uh, uh, the the main villain drinks from the wrong cup and and instantly ages. He puts his hands on the girl's shoulders and then his hair like grows out super long and his skin starts to wither away and then it melts away and then all you, uh, all it is is the skeleton that then sh- crumbles into dust. And say so they only really had just the Raiders and uh, the Final Crusade. Those were the only two that had a real religious background, right? Because the middle one was... Well, the middle one had a religious aspect to it. Okay. It just wasn't christian based 
the middle one kind of leaned more towards towards Hinduism because you had Kali, who's you know considered the evil Hindu god, and you had the Tuggies, which were you know this evil cult that actually did exist. It was this evil cult in India, and uh, then you had like the British fighting the fighting the Tuggies and blah 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 blah. The Sankara stones and and were in Temple of Doom, which is like a Hindu relic, and so yeah, there you go. Pick number five, the Temple of Doom. The I don't know if we're gonna call it the heart pull. The I I don't know. I don't know what to call it. <laughs> I just have this human heart. <laughs> I don't know, but there's a guy that has a human heart in his fucking hand. All right, so my fifth round pick. I I crossed this off my list because we already have one from this this TV show, but. I have to pull it in. I can't. I cannot put not put this on my list. Okay. So I'm gonna go with a Buffy the Vampire TV TV episode, but I'm gonna go with one that again kind of shows the helplessness of the situation. Oh, I think I know where you're going. But keep I'm, going. And I thought you were gonna pick this one. I'm gonna go with the Hush episode. Oh. Uh, as you open the door and the surgeons are standing there just with these creepy ass, oh. you know, pale smiles. Oh, have you pulled down on your bed? You're trying to scream and you can't. And they're just smiling, handling a scalpel back and forth. Yeah. Oh, handing each other the scalpel. Oh, God. I mean, that uh, that that episode honestly put forth a fear that I didn't know I had until I had <laughs> until I saw that. I didn't know these, this thing even existed. Yeah. Now I'm scared. You're like, Thanks. I didn't know that I should be afraid of this, but now I am afraid of this. Thank you. Thanks, Joss. <laughs> Thank you, Joss. You're you're a pal. You start coming down with, you know, oh, man, I'm starting to lose my. Oh, shit. Oh, because shit. is that not the stuff of nightmares? The oh, fact yeah. that you would be held down and mutilated. And your heart would be cut out and you can't you can't call for help. You can't do anything. Yeah, at least in Indiana Jones, when your heart's getting pulled out, you can scream and holler. And Yeah, you're nope, screaming and you're yelling. I mean, you're surrounded by a bunch of evil priests that don't care, but they're still hearing you. At the very least, they're like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> There's at least some annoyance. These guys are just like, man, just going along yeah, my day. Whatever. They got their big grinning smiles. They don't give a <laughs> shit. Oh, no, you cut the heart out this time. No, no, I insist. You cut the heart out. All right. That's it. And, that, and that's the impression that you get from this. Yes. From the way, because he hired uh, he hired professional mimes. Oh, really? As okay. to, to play those parts. So those are actual, you know, like those are mimes. So who better to convey, you know, emotion and emote without saying a word? Who better to do that than mimes? <laughs> And mimes are creepy, you know why? Because they're one step away from clowns. Yes, they are. They're just they're just quiet clowns, which right? is even they're creeper. Just to the right, they're they're clown adjacent. At least when the clowns coming after you, you're yeah. Mimes, you don't have a fucking clue. Yeah. Best case scenario, they get caught in a strong wind, <laughs> or a or a, an invisible box, or an invisible box. <laughs> I guess that's your defense. You start putting up invisible walls. Yeah. You're just like. Well, it's hard. Okay, I guess trying to mimic putting up an invisible box—it's <laughs> not something that we should do for our podcast. <laughs> but so yeah, you for get mime... the impression you put out an outline of a box. Mime gets trapped in it. 
you're you flee to safety. <laughs> Get a rope, hang them, and all's good. <laughs> so for my fifth round pick, I'm gonna go with the Buffy episode "Hush," uh, the scene where the college guys opening the door and getting a nice little hello from the uh, I don't know what they were called, but the evil bastards. Okay, I didn't have I didn't have this moment on my list, uh, but I it's it's a it's another Buffy moment. Uh, honestly, another one, another really good one is uh, in season seven. Willow comes back <clears throat> to to Sunnydale after spending some time away, and she gets captured by this demon that renders her paralyzed, and so she's laid out in this cave and this demon is slowly peeling off her skin and eating oh, it. Oh yeah, I forgot about that episode. Oh. That one gets me too. Josh really liked the helplessness, didn't he? Like basically you get to sit here and watch your demise and can't do anything about it. Oh, so bad. So yeah. I I just felt like I should throw that one out there. So I guess really, like, I, you know, earlier I said there aren't a lot of scary moments in Buffy, but I guess we just named off, like, four of them. Yeah. So I guess there's that. All right. Pick number six. Um, this is a movie, kind of a lesser-known movie. I want to say it's a John Carpenter movie. Uh, the movie is called In the Mouth of Madness. And I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. I don't think you have. Like, I don't think we've talked about it. There's a scene in the movie where there's this older lady who's running this hotel. And, like, the whole town's kind of creepy. Like, the whole town is... It's basically a a town that kind of comes from the imagination of this book that all this, like, weird, evil shit happens. And this guy goes to this town to try and find this author... And the town isn't even really supposed to exist, but they somehow he manages to find it. And the lady that runs this little bed and breakfast, I guess, super old. I, she's been in other stuff before, and I can't think of any of it right now. But in one of the books, she she is apparently like this demon from some nether region, other world with tentacle arms and stuff like that. And at one point, when shit starts going awry, he cut, he's like running from the hotel, and uh, and he looks through one of the windows and sees this old lady with these evil tentacle arms chopping her husband to bits with an axe. Jeez! Oh, <laughs> and I saw that, and even though it, you know, they kind of like foreshadow it because they're like oh in the book the in, in this book that the author that the weird creepy author writes blah 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 but you see it and you're just like uh uh because in i want to say i guess the reason it kind of struck me is because the actress that plays this old lady she's always known as being like sweet old lady she's always in the movie is like sweet old lady number four <laughs> and then you see her with tentacle arms chopping a chopping her husband to bits with an axe. There's also another bit where the the girl that this that this main character is with goes to this evil church to find the author and then you see then there's all these creepy kids. And kid creepy kids are always creepy. And the creepy kids are looking at her 
and they're like, you're our mommy. And they all have like oh, these disfigured, like demon-y faces. And they're like, you're our mommy. And you know what today is? Today is mommy's day. Oh, God. Oh, so bad. So what's your what's your scary moment? The kids or the tentacle lady? It seems like um, you got two. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of tied between the two. I I I guess if by saying it out loud, I feel like I should give the edge to the kids. Yeah, because <laughs> creepy kids are always creepy. I was gonna say if you didn't take that, that was just gonna be my next pick. <laughs> <laughs> you you just describing it to me made it horrible. <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight. So there you go. Pick number six in the mouth of madness. Creepy kids. Uh, I, I don't know. Creepy kids. I like it. Yeah. So here you go. So my sixth round pick. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this movie or not. Um, this was kind of again during that 2003 to 2004, five ish time frame when I was just huge into like, you know, scary movies. This was one based on a true movie or a true event in Australia. Uh, This is the movie uh, Wolf Creek. I don't know if you've ever seen it or not. I didn't, but I've heard about this was Australia, right? Yes, Australia was a guy in the outback, a couple kids who go to this uh, um, supposed uh, meteorite uh, or asteroid hit kind of thing. So it's kind of like an indention. Okay. Power goes out on their vehicle and they get picked up by this nice guy from the Outback. Well, he's not such a nice guy. Oh, it's like, uh, it's a lot like, uh, oh shit. What movie is it? Uh, wrong turn. Yeah. Similar. Okay. So the scene I'm okay. talking about, one of the girls escapes and she's running down the road and this car comes down and it's this older gentleman. He's like, oh, my God, what's wrong? You know, you think she's found safety. This guy's going to save her. And so she gets in the car. He's like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to get out and get a towel. And, you know, I'm going to I'm going to help you out. And he opens the trunk up and you hear like, what the hell was that? And he looks up and the water bottle he has, there's a hole through it. Oh, no. And the next thing you see is a scope with some crosshairs on him. And you see a muzzle flash and then just. So this girl's like in the backseat crying, thinking like, oh, my God, I'm finally safe. And, you know, there's quiet. and There's just blood dripping down the side of the window. And she gets out and sees the scene in front of her. And it's just like, oh, it's just that helplessness again. It's like, I am fucked in the A. <laughs> I am totally <laughs> effed in the A. So for my sixth round pick, I'm gonna go with Wolf Creek, the sniper scene. Ooh, I like it. It's a it's a good flick. I mean, it's one of those that kind of surprised me because like it, it's like 30 minutes before I think anything bad starts to happen. You see this jolly old outback guy and. Uh, there's another scene where uh, you're like, oh, it's Crocodile Dundee. I like, I love that movie. He makes a reference to that. Oh, so that's awesome. They're sitting around this uh, campfire because he's like, well, I'll get you into, I'll get you into, you know, town in a few days or so. I can't do an Australian accent. That was terrible. But so, <laughs> so the one kid, the guy, he's like, you know, he's like, oh, you're kind of like Crocodile Dundee. And he's like, you know, that's not a knife. This is a knife. And the the guy reaches back and pulls out like a fucking Bowie knife. He's like, uh, "You mean like this one?" And the kid's like, "Oh shit, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah." Just like, please, please, please put it away. I think he makes that reference as he's about ready to kill one of them too. So, 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's uh, it's a really, really good movie. All right. Are we at the... Oh, no, this, we're at the end. Yeah, this is money shot territory. Oh, shit. Okay. We've been doing movies. We've been doing television shows. I feel like I should be the one to do something from a game. Okay. Uh, I'm guessing Super Mario Brothers. Close. <laughs> the game I am talking about. And you can actually, anybody you guys can go and download this game. I'm sure it's like super cheap. I'm sure because it's it's a super old game. I'm sure you could probably find it for like $5 or something like that. This game is called, and actually the game made a movie. The game is called Aliens vs. Predator. Oh, okay. I've never played the game. Oh, it's a good game. It's a really good game. In the game, you can actually choose between... What you want to play. Nice. Do you want to be a predator? Do you want to be an alien? Or do you want to be a colonial space marine? <laughs> so when I first played it, I went with the space marines. I was like, yeah, space marines. That's cool. I was like, I'll kill some fucking aliens and maybe I'll kill a predator. Be awesome. So the game starts out. You have your big fucking gun. Like your, you know, this big like cannon gun. And for anyone that hasn't played the game, I'm, I'm going to set the stage for you. So you're walking around this. Uh, I want to say it's an it's a abandoned ship or a derelict ship. It might even be like an installation or something like that. But, you know, it's that it's that kind of like space stationy kind of feel like, you know, cold metal halls. And obviously there's no li- you know, there's hardly any light. And the lighting is kind of sporadic. Or maybe it's different colors. Maybe it's like, you know, deep red or blue or something like that. So you're walking down this hallway. Any hallway. Because the whole game's like this. I I can't really pin it down to one moment. So I'm just going to say, you know, the first five minutes. But the whole, as as the Marines, the whole game is kind of like this. You're walking down this hallway. And you have your gun out. And the other thing you have going is your radar. Now, the radar in the game is identical to the radar that you see in the movie Aliens, where it's just a, it's a screen that sits on top of your gun, and it sends out these pulses. And so you, you hear the pulses, the boom, boom, boom. And if a life form picks up on it, is picked up, it lets out like a high-pitched beep. It's like, beep. Oh God, the the the, the sound of your demise, <laughs> right? Because here's the thing: you're walking down this hallway, and you hear the bottom, bottom, and you know you're doing all the things that you do in that kind of first person shooter kind of thing. You're checking your corners and and things like that. But then all of a sudden, and you know you're like, holy shit! There's something around. There's something moving. There's moving around. What is it? And you're looking around, and it's still, like, you're watching that radar like a fucking hawk. <laughs> but the thing that the radar doesn't tell you is where it is relative to your actual position in the world. <laughs> so I'm – because I, I had it for, uh, for PC. So I'm, look, I'm sitting in front of my computer. I'm staring at this – radar screen like it's the most interesting porn on the face of the <laughs> earth 
there's beeps going off. And as soon as the beep goes off, then all of a sudden I take my eyes off of the radar screen and I'm looking around. But it's dark as shit. <laughs> I can't see anything. So I'm just like, I got the gun going around. And I'm just like, what the fuck? What the fuck is it? And you can't, like, you, you can't see where these things are fucking coming from. They could be crawling out of a vent. These aliens, these, the xenomorphs, they could be crawling out of a vent and crawling up on the ceiling to stab you with their fucking tail. Or maybe they've just, you know, they're just going to pop out of a grate and eat your fucking face. Or maybe it's a face hugger. And, y yeah, it's just a whole big mess of fucked. Kind of the whole idea, like when you're in a dark room freaking out and you flip on the light, it's like, what the fuck are you going to do if something's there? Exactly. Okay, so there's, so there's the first layer. Now I'm going to make it worse. And here's how I'm going to make it worse. There was, I, I don't know if it was a cheat or if it was something you could do, but you could add other space marines to walk with you. And they would be controlled by, by an AI, by an AI bot. So you would be there, and you would have your gun and your little radars going off. Boom, boom, and then you have, say, you have like maybe two other guys with you, and they're you know computer ran, and they're walking around, and their radars doing the same thing. Boom, boom, and sometimes there's movement, and you hear the boo boo. These guys sometimes out of completely nowhere will flip the fuck out. And just start shooting at nothing. And they're yelling. They're screaming. And they're shooting at the fucking darkness. And I think it's... And I don't think it was something that was added for effect. Like, I don't think it was there added for effect to make the scene creepier. But the fact that these computer-controlled things are just... Or that these, that these other space marines are flipping out because they can't see anything and they're shooting at nothing just because they're like, make it stop, make it stop, make the beeping stop. <laughs> if, if the AI's freaking out, maybe I should too. Exactly, because that's a fucking computer. And as far as I know, I think it's, it's, pro it's probably smarter than me. <laughs> and it's flipping out and shooting at the, it's shooting at the darkness. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, if it's going to shoot, I'm going <laughs> to shoot at it. And so you just start shooting randomly and then dead because Xenomorph comes down from the ceiling and <laughs> eats your face. Yeah, you just need to walk behind them and use them as cannon fodder. Oh, my God. That game creeped me out so bad. The first time I ever played it, I was at home and I was in the dark. And I, after 20 minutes, I had to flip the lights on. <laughs> I had to at least play it with the lights on. Oh, it's so creepy. So, yeah, so there you go. There's my money shot. Aliens versus Predator. I'm going to go with the first five minutes. The first, yeah, five minutes. Okay, that's a good pick. I mean, that makes me interested to check out some, like, YouTube videos on it to see what it's like. They made a, I think they made, they made a sequel. There was Alien, there was, it made, they made a sequel to the game, and then obviously they made the movie, and then they made a sequel to the movie, and then I think they made another game game or they redid the original like like it did like an hd kind of remake with the original if i remember right one thing i will say playing the predator is fucking awesome oh, you I feel bet. like you feel like god 
because you're there and you're jumping around trees and you've got your fucking laser cannon and you've got your camouflage cloaking device on and the targets come up and it does a little and the little triangles appear and you're shooting your laser cannon. Yeah, you feel like God. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. It is. It is. All right, that's a good pick. I like that pick. All right, so for my seventh round pick, uh, I I would be, I think I'd have to just not do this draft if I didn't at least have some kind of fear of sharks in here somewhere. I'm not going to go with the movie Jaws. Uh, I'm going to uh, go. I'm going to go with Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea, yes. Yeah. No. Nailed it. Not with Deep Blue Sea. I'm going with another Australian film. Oh. Uh, I actually tried to watch this on TV and had to stop because I was too freaked out. Tried, <laughs> tried watching it on my phone, had to quit because I was too freaked out, and finally finished <laughs> it a third time. I'm going to go with the movie The Reef. Oh. It's based on a true story. And the part I'm going to go with, there's a scene. Uh, so basically, kind of synopsis. Uh, they are in a boat. They get stuck on uh, the reef because they stayed out too long when the water went down. And so it flips over and they're basically stuck. So like, well, we got to swim back to Seal Island. First bad thing is Seal Island in Australia where there's big sharks. So that's already a bad idea. Yeah. So they decide like, all right, we can swim there. We can make it. As they're going, one of the guys, they're getting circled by a shark, a big shark. So one of the guys breaks out to get um, one of the rafts they lost. Bad idea because what comes out of nowhere? Great white shark. Scared the shit out of me. Because, I mean, it's that scenario. The dude's just like sitting in the water. He's like, oh, no, I'll be fine. It's okay. You just see a fin come up like two feet behind him. Then crunch. Oh, my goodness. And it's, it's, from what I remember, it was really well shot. You know, because there's just like quick cut scenes of the fin. The guy's getting chomped up, blood going everywhere. And again, that sounds terrible. It's oh, it's I mean, you said you thought Last House on the Left was like watching a snuff film. This is like watching a real life shark attack take place. Ah, because you sit there watching all this stuff happen. And it's just I mean, it's again, you're in the middle of the ocean. You're trying to swim. You're not going to outswim a shark. And it's got the taste for blood. Oh, God. Yeah, you just painted a horrible, terrible scenario for me, <laughs> and I thank you for that. That's my money shot. You are welcome. Um, oh, the guy, the, the guy who did that, he did another one called I can't remember what it was called, but it was basically about like a rogue. I think it was called Rogue about a rogue crocodile in Australia. So it's kind of that same thing, just being trapped by something. So he's got a third one coming out that's kind of not nature related or true, but. Um, he's very much in that like nature attacking you type of movie. Yeah. Moral of the story: Wes Craven is awesome, and Australia wants to kill you. <laughs> nature is trying to kill you, especially in Australia. Especially in Australia. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm just gonna. I only have two that I didn't pick, um, so I'm gonna throw those out real quick. Um, I had 28 weeks later, the opening chase scene, and then I had saw the kidnapping scene where the guy opens the closet and the whatever mass thing they had jumping out and grabbing him. Oh yeah. Um, actually I only had one other one and that was, uh, the original Halloween when Jamie Lee Curtis is in the closet and Michael Myers Ooh. just busts through the door, the closet door. Yeah. 
That's a good one. I'm surprised you didn't pick Michael Myers because that's always whenever we talk about scary stuff, that's usually the top of your list. It's it, it was there. I I swapped it out with I don't remember which one I swapped it out with. I had it in the list, but then I I swapped it out with with uh with something else that actually is on there. I'm not sure which. All right, so I'm going to run through these picks real quick, so I'll start with yours, Richard. Uh, so your first pick, you had Jaws, the beginning scene. Uh, uh, your second pick was Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the Queller Demon. Your third pick was the Blair Witch, the ending scene. Your fourth pick was Scream, the Drew Barrymore in the tree. Your fifth pick was Indiana Jones, the human heart. Ugh. Your sixth round pick is In the Mouth of Madness, the Creepy Kids. And your seventh round pick is the Alien versus Predator game, the first five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. All, all, all of them have left in, indelible scars on my, on my psyche. All right, and I'm going to run through mine. So my first round pick, I have the movie It, uh, as they're, John Ritter is driving into town, getting a nice little wave from the clown. Uh, Exorcist, the devil face just flashing on the screen. Uh, Every Man's Fear, late, Last House on the Left, the uh, pool scene with the wiener getting bit off. Fourth round pick, Cabin Fever, Sean from Boy Meets World falling into the pond. Uh, fifth round pick, Buffy, the hush scene with the guys coming to the door. Sixth round pick, I got Wolf Creek, the sniper scene. And the seventh round pick, I have The Reef, uh, the shark jumping out of the water and attacking one of the people. All that kind last of, one was pretty good. Yeah. I, you need to watch that flick. I know I think I've tried to talk you into it for the last year and a half, but you need to try and check it out. Yeah, I think I will. Also, I mean, also, like, how can you not, like, get creeped out by Pennywise? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop it. No, no. Knock it off. Oh, do you I want didn't... a balloon? You totally pulled that laugh off. Don't do that. <laughs> Wait, I didn't laugh. What are you talking about? Oh, stop it. <laughs> All right, uh, well, let's hear a little Richard's closing thoughts. Um, Sean actually just did an impression that kind of creeped me out a little <laughs> bit, which means that you can find scary things anywhere and <laughs> everywhere. And as I've said, and as I think we've learned, Wes Craven is awesome, and everything is trying to kill you, especially in Australia. And that's it. That's all I got. All right, well, I'll do a little housekeeping before those trick-or-treaters show up. Uh, visit our website. We're at languageofbromance.com. Follow us on Twitter, at languageofbro. Email us at eatthebeaver at languageofbromance.com. Like us on Facebook and subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at smodcast.com.